Crime Wives is a true crime podcast. Some of the content on this show might be too graphic for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hi guys, and welcome to Crime Wives. I'm your host, Veronica. And I'm your host, Destiny. And this week, we're more sober than last week. Very much more sober. (laughs) And we're like... 85% 85% sorry. We're not all the way sorry. Yeah, I mean, there's 15% of us that's like, meh. <laughs> you get us at our not finest. You know what? It's important now that we've established, like, there's some people that listen to us. Now you know what we're like when we're drunk. We're kind of sorry, but not all the way sorry. Yeah, I mean, if you are more inclined to hang out with us, we encourage it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, though, if you didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. The, not... we, did, we did go off on a little tyrant a few times, but... For anyone that continued to listen, we appreciate it. Yeah, I that was another one for us after we um, recorded. I was like, oh shoot, I was definitely drunk yesterday. So I went back and listened to it and I was like working and doing that. I was like, oh, I am annoyed with myself. I need to take my headphones out and take a break from my own voice. <laughs> You're like, oh, Radhika, chill. Yeah, I was like, oh, too many beers for wrong. I was like, oh, you sound a little sassier. Uh, yeah, so I mean, just um, my my natural state comes out. Yeah, so yeah, welcome to uh, us, uh, our real life. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, today we are enjoying some nineteen crimes wine. I was just about to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> my fiance saw it in the store and was like, "You guys have to have this. You guys have to. You Absolutely. have to have it for your podcast night." And I I'm, was like, "Thank you." Yeah, I'm excited because, uh, like, I think two days ago, somebody put posted on my Facebook wall. Hi, I'm drinking this and thinking of you, and it's somebody that I don't even talk to that often. But I was like, oh my gosh, that looks so great. And yeah. I had I had never even heard of it. Somehow. I had like kind of seen it around. And I was like, I should buy one of those. Yes. And I just never did. And then Alex was like, we have to get that for you. And I was like, thank you. Yeah. Weird. Angel. So, non-sponsored, but thank you, 19 Crimes, because this stuff is good. Yeah, this is delicious. It's a smooth wine. <laughs> yeah, so. We're happy. That's what a, that's a good I don't even know. <laughs> That's what we're drinking. Um, <laughs> yeah. So on that note, what are you doing this week or last week or Okay, all the time? well, I can at least now talk about whenever I was drunk and talking about a surprise very um, cryptically, but also drunk, so <laughs> I didn't. Um, I We went to Eastern Oregon, which is Bend, this last weekend, and my brother-in-law, who's my husband's youngest brother, Tanner, who maybe he still listens to this. He probably doesn't after the last episode, but... um, (laughs) He's like, I need a break. He's like, whoa, Ron's too much for me, I'm out. He proposed to his girlfriend, and it was was very exciting. He was very nervous, and we had to do like some some lying scenario situation where we're all like, oh, we're gonna go to dinner, and then he was he was just so awkward like he like touched her arm was like do you want to go on a walk first and just the way he asked her I was like oh she knows she totally knows she this is so awkward no one just and it was like a little robot and it was did you want to go on walk I was like oh oh no she absolutely knows so, so um other than that it was it's, it was it was very sweet and then we got to set up the house for them so so she did say yes. She she definitely <laughs> said yes, which was the other reason that I was like, maybe I shouldn't talk about it, even though our podcast came out after it happened, um, where I was being secretive about it. I was like, what if, <laughs> what if she just ran and was like, no, I'm not ready yet. And I'm like, oh gosh, don't want to pump, get this pumped up yet. So she did say yes. And we got to have a good, um, good little weekend in Bend at uh, Sun River, Oregon. Yeah, it looked amazing. Oh yeah. And uh, Lincoln... 
is now old enough where he's been there before. Obviously, he doesn't remember, but there was a hammock that was set up. <laughs> and he quite literally spent almost the entire time there. Anytime we're outside, he's like, can someone put me in the hammock? Someone put me in the hammock. Just put me in the hammock. And then get in this. And it's like, it was like a, I'm going to say nylon, but that's not what it was. But it's just very sheer hammock. Yeah. And he would just lay in it and wrap himself up in it. Well, I saw a picture of him and he looks like he's just like in a taco. Uh, yeah. And his oh, head's just it looks popping like out. A, it looks like a giant fanny pack. And just a little baby head popping out, yep. and and he so he was loving it. So um, that's I mean this coming up weekend, I'm just doing someone's hair for their wedding that I've never met before. I don't know her, but someone else was like, "Hey, you did your hair like this for your wedding? Who did your hair?" And I was like, "It was me. I did it." So I might ask you to do my hair. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, anyways, um, I'm available for hair. Um, and she, so I'm, I'm just going to make some extra money. I don't know. I'm saving for your bachelorette party. So I'm like, sure, absolutely. I'll help you with your hair. Do you like, want to oh. pay me money to do it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, other than that, absolutely nothing. Just the way I like it. Cause for the rest of this, all of August, every weekend I've got something. And then the last weekend I will be in Las Vegas with you pretending like I'm not going to be the most drunk of my life, but which you're I welcome. Mean, yeah. So, and maybe I won't be. Who knows? Maybe I'll get there and be like, mmm, the seltzer water is fine for me. <laughs> okay. Well. Probably not. Anyways. Uninvited. <laughs> I just got voted off the bachelorette party. <laughs> Awkward. What are you doing this week? <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about what I did last weekend because I was, oh. Oh, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of our friends were out of town. Oh, yeah. So I was so productive. I did so much wedding stuff this yes. weekend. Um, and so... My mom actually mentioned, she's like, well, you said you've been working on your invitations for like the last four weeks on your podcast. And I'm like, it's true. Thanks, mom. You you have said Thanks. that. So those actually are I'm glad she's in distribution right now. Oh, right. And by that, she means her coffee table. So they're in distribution because they're all like addressed. They're all stamped. They're all ready to go. And they're all getting mailed out tomorrow. Yep. Oh, um, love it. So that's positive. And then I did a bunch of other stuff this weekend, like Alex's suit and just brother's suit and just a bunch of different things. And then this weekend, I'm actually on Saturday going over to the coast with like all the women in Alex's family, like his mom, his grandma, his cousin, his sister. So just a big girl's trip. Love it. Yep. Lucky. So, I'm going to be doing hair. You're going to be at the beach. I'm going to be at the beach. Love it's better it. at the beach. Yeah, it really is, especially in Oregon. <laughs> And in Ooh, August. Yeah. It'll still be nice, though. I mean, it rained today, so... It, you're not wrong. It's such... It's the weirdest summer Weirdest right summer. Now. I'm like, okay, but I'm gonna go floating tomorrow. No, yeah, but I that. straight up saw that it was raining outside today. I was like, oh, I better put my robe on when I woke up and put, like, my slippers on and stood on my back porch drinking coffee like I wrote ten novels and right. was in my mid-40s. And, like, it wasn't still, like, 70 and just weirdly muggy. And... Yeah, no. Oh, no. It was November in my my scenario that I woke up in today apparently no I literally when I was going to work I was like it's basically dark or coming back home from work Mm -hmm. I was like it's basically dark outside yeah I was like I feel like I'm in winter which I love winter because I'm obsessed with Christmas Mm -hmm. I just love fall I love all yeah I love just that time of year I when people I nobody cares this but when people ask me what my favorite season is my I just love seasons like I love the changing of yeah, seasons like yeah. when we're I those that's my favorite season is when we're about to go to the next one yeah exactly because <laughs> you're like I get a little bit of this one but then I jump into this one and it's great yeah so and we're in Oregon so so we get all of all them. the seasons it's exciting I love it yeah but I mean on that note we're both doing our thing I guess yeah it's uh it's 
that part of summer where I am like, okay, we both have full-time jobs. Summer isn't like we're off for the summer. Right. But for whatever reason, I still have that, oh, summer's about to be over. I got to get back into work mode. <laughs> I've been working this entire time. <laughs> like, I'm working, but it's like, my mentality is like, oh, I only have this much summer left. I need to just like do as much as I can. Yeah. So like every single day, I'm just, that's why I'm, yeah. that's my mentality a lot of times. I was like, what? But that's during the winter, you you'll find me at home a lot more. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I'm like a homebody. I'm like, okay, it's a pouring down rain outside. I'm going to wrap up in a blanket and watch yeah. some Netflix and maybe have some hot cocoa. That was me this morning. <laughs> that, was literally, that was literally me this so, morning. So, Ronica on an August morning. <laughs> it was raining. It was fall. <laughs> in my mind, yeah. it was already fall. And my judgmental four-year-old was like, Mom, why you got a robe on? I was like, because I can. It's raining outside. He's like, it's hot in this house. And walks away from... I'm like... Oh, you live your life naked. Let me flip my moments. You're like, thanks for the reminder, boy. I like whipped my robe around and walked away. <laughs> so. Travis, come take care of this. Yeah, oh, he was gone already. Oh. He gets as soon as Travis leaves is when Tra- or when Lincoln gets his sass is on at all times, <laughs> and he's and sometimes I'll get a finger. Yeah, I get that. I'm like, how come you do this when, when no But one... then you're like literally doing the figure back and you're like, I get it. Yeah, I I'm get like, it. Oh, put that away. Whoa. <laughs> yes, it's me. I know where he gets it. It's me. It's all of his, all of his little sassiness. It, and I'll be, I'll be in the middle of a conversation with him and we'll be, we'll have the same body. Like I, my arm is up and his arm is up and I'm like, why are you this what? Oh, I should chill. I should chill. <laughs> Travis is just sitting here, just chilled on the couch, take a picture of you guys literally doing the exact same thing to each other. Absolutely. Sure. I'm not even sorry. No. He's cute. He's it's funny cute. and everyone likes him. Right? There you go. <laughs> not saying the same goes for myself, but it's cute in a four-year-old, okay? You're like, let me just talk about myself. Yeah, let me just compliment myself, but just compliment my kid right there. <laughs> I'm not Ooh. embarrassed. Yep, nope, that's fine. It feels like this is time to switch into... Crimes, yes. <laughs> okay, well, I guess we can do that. So what are you going to be talking about this week? Okay, so listen. I was laying in bed last night looking up certain murders that I wanted. I have, I have like a file in my phone of like, I gotta do this one, I gotta do this one. And at one point, at way when we first started this, I had these bizarre cases that I had like, oh, these are exciting. <laughs> and I like stowed them away. And there's one that I really wanted to do. I could not find enough information on it. It is the silliest thing I've ever... I like have to do another one where I do like short ones though. Like your Florida one? Yeah, because there's a real good one that I was like, this has got to be fake. And it's not. Anyways... In that lump of information, I found this current one, and I did a bunch of research on it thinking I thought I knew what the end was, um, and I thought that it was murder at the end, and as it turns out, it's not murder, so I was like, (laughs) do I commit? But it's like, still worth telling, and there's, I'm going to say neglect, that there's criminal actions in here that I'll get to. Okay. 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 You're like, I'm too far into it. This is what they're getting. And I freaking, I even, so I got to the end and I was like, okay, should I not? But I like it. I don't know. It was very intriguing to me. So I'm ready for it then. Yeah. So anyways, here's a weird story that may or may not have criminal in something. Something criminal. Yeah. (laughs) There's, we'll get to it. (laughs) We'll get to it at the end. So I'm doing, and maybe you've heard of them. I don't know. It's the Gibbons twins. I have not. Okay. Also, twins are weird, man. (laughs) 
I have twin sisters and they're totally normal. Very opposite though. But twins, some twins are scary. I literally just thought of Ashley and Andy and I'm like, well, hopefully neither of them listened to this. Because... Oh yeah. Hey, what's up guys? We love you and you're you weird. weird. <laughs> <laughs> they're among the non-weird twins I'd like to, I mean, you'll see. Yes. So okay. June and Jennifer were the daughters of Caribbean immigrants, Gloria and Aubrey Gibbons. Gloria's mom, Aubrey's dad. I read the word Aubrey and I'm like, oh, there's two. No, it's just the dad's Aubrey. Anyways, the Gibbonses moved from Barbados to the United Kingdom in early 1960s as part of the Windrush generation, which is something else I probably should have looked up, but then I was like, do I want to sit here and talk about what that generation is and bore people? No. So, moving on. Gloria was a housewife and Aubrey worked in or worked as a technician for the Royal Air Force. So because of what their dad did for a living, they moved around a lot in the beginning of their life. The Givens twins were born in April 1963 at a military hospital in Yemen uh, where their father had been deployed. After their birth, the family uh, relocated like almost immediately after their birth uh, to England. So that's where they were raised and that's where they live most of their lives. Um, and this was in 1974, uh, they moved to Wales. As they begin to grow up, a lot of oddities about the twins became apparent. Uh, the twin sisters were inseparable, and because of the way they spoke, um, which they they both they spoke Beijing Creole, um, it made it very difficult for them to understand for anyone to understand them at first. And so that's kind of what their mom spoke, from what I understand. And um, they were bringing it into the family, so. They, but they lived in England, so yeah. they're speaking English, but also they're speaking, so there's a weird merger, which, if you know anything about twins, um, from an early age, they usually say twins take a lot longer to talk um, because they can just communicate they have with the each communication other. communication with each other. Yeah, yeah. and I've, I have twins in my family, I have twin sisters, and I can attest to that being true, at least in my family's case. I have twin, um, ne- or not nephews, cousins that are one and a half, almost two, and they, they don't really talk, but they can totally make eye contact with each other and, like, know what's up. So that felt like it needed to be stated because of what they go on to say. So <laughs> as the only black children in the community, they were um, ostracized at school. Basically, they were just, they were bullied a lot. Just, A, they were, as they grew up, they were speaking this crazy kind of their own twin language. And they just had their own individual personalities that got them bullied a lot so they were bullied for being strange and also they never talked to anyone (laughs) all right this obviously was very traumatic for the twins and eventually their school administrators decided to dismiss them early each day so that they could avoid being bullied oh that's terrible absolutely and my note here is uh this seems like dealing with an issue backwards. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> because, like, oh, let's not deal with the kids that I know you're being bullied by a lot of kids, but let's not deal with them. Yeah. Let's be like, you let's know. Let's just what? get you out of here as quick yeah, as possible. Yeah. That's awful. Exactly. But um, either way, that's how they chose to deal with it. So, because of this outcasting that started to take place, the twins sort of withdrew into their own world, like even more so than they already were. So, Kind of just amplified what was already going on. Um, their language became even more peculiar at this time um, as well, and soon their language was completely unintelligible to others, as in they made up their own language. So their language, better known as idioglossia, qualified as an example of cryptophasia, 
which is a phenomenon of language developed by twins that only the two children could understand, which is like apparently pretty common. I wonder if I have heard that. I've heard of an instance with this where there was two sisters' uh-huh. crimes, but they like only basically talked to each other. Yeah. So, so I mean, there's probably more than one. But oh, yeah. I'm oh, excited to see kind totally of what is. happens with this story. Yeah. Um, which, if you've heard of it before, even cooler. Um, I mean, I guess. I don't know. Uh, doesn't matter. I'm still going to talk about it. <laughs> We're here now. Right? <laughs> so, um, about cryptophasia, put that it has its roots from crypto, meaning secret, and phasia, meaning speech. So, it's just a secret speech. Makes sense. <laughs> yes. So, this way of communicating was only exemplified by the twins' simultaneous actions, because not only did they talk this way, but they would also mirror each other. And, like, do... I was just like, ooh, this is so weird. Uh, So, while now they basically spoke their own made-up language and imitated one another, the twins became increasingly reserved and eventually spoke to no one at all except for their younger sister, Rose. Like, they literally just refused, and I don't really know why. Um, The girls continued to attend school, although they refused to read or write, so I'm not entirely sure what their school day consisted of, but they were going to school. And in 1974, a medic who came to the school to administer vaccinations um, noticed that they were strange and that they had a strange behavior and uh, notified the child psychologist. So when I was first reading through this, I mean, I read the whole story and was like, whoa. And then when I went back and was like, kind of redo, I'm like, I think I started to get angry right here because, so because of their weirdness, essentially, I don't, I am not the person who came to the school. I don't know what they, yeah, what they were doing or anything. Yeah. Whatever they did, someone noted this to a child psychologist, so it had to have been weird. But um, because of that, the twins began seeing a long lineup of therapists who tried to unsuccessfully get them to communicate with others. And for whatever reason... I get why they were like, well, you got to talk to people, so we're going to make you see a bunch of... But it also seems like they were like, these girls are weird. They just need to be told they're weird, and we need to try and... It kind of seems like they were trying to, I don't even know, um, like experiment kind of how to make them talk. I don't know. I didn't like it. But this is my own note. And though, as we know, I'm not a doctor, I felt inclined to point out that maybe, just maybe, this only perpetuated their behavior. Like, it's, I guess I have to kind of hear what else is going to happen because of, from where I'm coming from, I'm like, well, they're trying to get them to talk to multiple people to see, though, if somebody can communicate with them in a certain way differently that the last one didn't. Right. So that's where I'm coming I to- from. I, and I totally get that, but also... I think that pointing out to kids that they're weird when they're young. Yeah, I mean, it definitely <laughs> is how they go about it. Like, yes. hey, like, we know, like, you haven't, like, their mom comes and they're like, yeah, you're not communicating with people. It wasn't, I think that's why their mom isn't the one that, like, went to a doctor and was like, hey, they're not communicating with people. It was somebody else that was like. It was doing shots. Yeah, yeah that, that part, that's a, weird. It just seemed like. Not the right, you're kind of stepping out of line, dude. Yeah. yeah. Also, I mean, there's no, maybe they went to the mom and the mom's like, sure, why not? I mean, obviously the mom had to say sure, I'm sure. And then again, of course, I was like, hi, hello, we noticed you're weird. We would like to talk to you about why we're weird with a lot of different people. Sound good? That was me <laughs> putting my own note. I don't know about that, but that's just how my brain took it, which I've seen, like when I was younger, I saw therapists and never looked at it that way. So yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe, I don't know, I just think that perhaps that could have made it harder for them. Or maybe they could have waited until they were like a little bit, of, I don't know. Anyways, and then to make matters worse, because they were so odd and refused to speak 
to strangers. Um, they were sent to, and I maybe this is where I got a little bit angry. They were sent to separate boarding schools. So what? they were separated and sent to different boarding schools. This was apparently an attempt to break their isolation because they only wanted to be with each other. Um, but surprise, surprise, the twins became uh, very catatonic and entirely withdrawn when they were removed from each other. Like, wouldn't talk, and then stopped eating. So yeah, that were... seems a little drastic. Yeah, and also if you're young and you view another human as your life support, I kind of look at it as a young kid and their mom. If they're yeah. removed from their mom, they have that, well, if they look at that other person like they need them to live, yeah. So, anyways, I got mad. When what I'm assuming was someone who was paying attention realized that separating, uh, that the separating of the twins was not working, eventually they were brought back together again. Um, when they were reunited, the two spent several years isolating themselves in their bedroom, engaged in elaborate plays with dolls and their, each other. And so they were, again, still just... I, just the two of them. Yeah. So uh, they created many plays and stories in a sort of soap opera style, reading some of them aloud on tape as gifts for their sister Rose. But again, this is all this for Rose. So uh, they were now 16 and surviving on public assistance because, well... They were sent to a hospital, so at this point I think they're they're deemed some sort of medical issues, but who knows. Okay. On Christmas of 1979, they began their writing careers, and by careers I mean that they legit started writing novels, and these novels were just as bizarre as they were. Really? <laughs> um, they chronicled their lives in detail as well in these separate diaries, so then they just like had a bunch of diaries in there. Uh, they also somehow started a mail-order creative writing course. This basically taught them the skills they needed to write some stories, um, and they each kept this extensive diary as well um, with, like, poems, and then, then they had other ones for novels set primarily in the United States and particularly in Malibu, California, is where, like, a lot of their stories take place. Interesting. Uh-huh. The stories involve, like, young men and women who exhibit strange and often criminal behavior. So, June wrote a, not a, novel, a novel titled Pepsi Cola Addict, in, <laughs> in which the high school hero is seduced by a teacher and then sent away to a reformatory where a homosexual guard makes a play for him. So that's her novel. Wow. And then Jennifer, who, as the story kind of goes on, and I just felt like this was just a good display of, like, their oddness, I suppose. Um, Jennifer is, I'm going to say, the more, um, even though they didn't really talk to each other, it sounds like out of the two of them, she's the more domineering and, like, the one that's like, okay, this is what we're going to do, and this is, and kind yeah. of, like, made the rules for them. So she also wrote stories. She wrote a story called The Pugilist? Pugilist. That's probably how it's pronounced. Um, where a physician is so eager to save his child's life that he kills the family dog to obtain its heart for a transplant. Oh my god. But the dog's spirit lives on in the child and ultimately has its revenge against the father. Oh my god. <laughs> it's a god. full novel. And then she also wrote one called Discomania, um, which is the story of a young woman who discovers that the atmosphere of a local disco incites patrons to do insane violence. So like... <laughs> I mean, these are very inch. Oh, I'm like, in, I'm intrigued. Oh yeah, I was like, sure. oh, and there was are like these links. published. Well, they tried to get them published, but there's links that like show their novels now. So, how many pages are they? I didn't look. Right, I'm like, I'm like, like, like bookmark, bookmark. Like, is this bookmark. something I can like quick read? <laughs> Probably not. There's, I mean, this 
physician had to cut out a dog's heart, so I'm pretty sure that... Do they have know, any short stories? I hope so. <laughs> so. Something I could just go to bed reading. <laughs> yeah. Just a quick, light read to make me feel good when I fall just asleep. Just some, somewhat, none of this is light crime they're writing about. I mean, no, no. It's, and also, the other way that I looked at it was that these are two girls that spend most of their time in a bedroom, so, like, their imagination for what, like, the real world is, or, like, what's going on, probably not really realistic. Yeah, like, that dog spirit is not gonna come back from, in that little boy and kill his father. I hope not. I hope not. (laughs) I guess I've never gone through it, so. Exactly. (laughs) Moving on. Eventually, now that they had unemployment benefits, uh, they saved their money and combined funds to try and get their novel published, which is what you'd ask, uh, by a vanity press. But from what I understand, were mostly unsuccessful doing so. Um, and then this is where I put the, the note. Mostly, probably because they were writing books based off of what they perceived reality to be and not actual, like, relatable content. <laughs> right. Anyways. Those diaries that they wrote um, in also became record in kind of a what one website called a heartbreaking transition in their relationship. So essentially, as they get older, some tension builds. Um, in Jennifer's diary, she wrote, We have become fatal enemies in each other's eyes. I say to myself, can I get rid of my own shadow? Impossible or not possible? Without my shadow, would I die? Oh. Okay. Concerning. And then in June's, she put, she wants us to be equal. There is a murderous gleam in her eye. Dear Lord, I am scared of her. She is not normal, dot, dot, dot. Someone is driving her insane. It is me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sorry, but the, it is me. Someone is making this lady cuckoo. It's oh, me. but by the way, it's, me. It's, it's been me this whole time. It is me. It's for sure me. <laughs> So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, when I said tension, <laughs> now we know. Jesus. So, obviously, because they were only around each other and only speak to each other and are also just a little bit, quote, off, I'll put that quote, uh, true tension, as I said, begins to take place. It seems like the older they got, the more spiteful they became of one another and the more involved um, they became in a not so great activities. So, this is where their own crimes kind of take place they started and i don't really know when or how but they started drinking and using drugs but uh, so eventually they start going outside of their bedroom and, and talking to people that yeah I mean, you gotta have a drug dealer a something so they broke into houses smashed windows and in a recurring theme that i thought you'd like or would appreciate or would be like oh god they were starting fires <laughs> you were just gonna go arson. i was like this Girl. <laughs> yes. It's an accident every time. But anyways, petty crimes, fires just happen to be in there. Uh, that behavior eventually led to their arrests, um, where they were committed to the infamous uh, Broadmoor Hospital, which, I mean, I'm not from Wales, so I've never heard of it. But uh, the it's a high-security prison, or prison slash mental hospital where some of Britain's most notorious killers were sent to live out their lives. Ooh. So, like... These girls are just weird and are treated. I feel like, like it. that's an escalation for oh, for them. I agree. So this was around the time that investigative an investigative journalist for the Sunday Times named Marjorie Wallace um, befriended the twins. And I don't know if she like how she heard. Yeah, I was like them, how, but I'm pretty sure she was probably somebody who I should have. I probably should have looked in this more because it, this part of it actually would be pretty entertaining in itself probably or interesting in itself that 
how she found them. She probably, like, was someone who went to the jail slash hospital and yeah. was like, hey, you got any crazy stories? I'm a journalist. <laughs> so anyways, she befriends the twins in 1980 and began chronic chronically... Ugh, this word is so rough for me. I tried to say it earlier, too. She began chronicling their strange connection. I see, it's not that hard. It's just it's like weird. Narnia Chronicles. Yeah, chronicling. Um, she also eventually goes on to write a biography in 1986, sixth, titled Silent Twins. That is a book that exists, so if you like want to read that one at night, good luck. Um, they remained at Broadmoor for 11 years. Um, June later blamed... Yeah. 11 uh-huh. years oh, yeah. for their crimes? For their crimes. For their petty crimes. And they're in like a high, a maximum security prison mental health hospital for with killers. Some of the n- most notorious serial killers in Britain. <laughs> so why are they there? This is probably why I got frustrated going through it because it seemed they just keep getting treated just because they're weird. Yeah. Like they're like crazy. There's, I couldn't find anywhere that said they did anything more than just like breaking in and doing, they were yeah. kind of, so, um, honestly, at what point does that make you a little, right? Yeah. Like, oh, and then here's where the more, which I believe would be the true crime, but okay. Uh, June later blamed this lengthy sentence on their selective muteness. She said, juvenile delinquents get two years in prison. We got 12 years of hell because we didn't speak. We lost hope, really. I wrote a letter to the queen asking her to get us out, but we were trapped. Um, They were placed on high doses of antipsychotic medications, um, and then they would find themselves unable to concentrate. Um, Jennifer apparently started to develop a tardive dyskinesia, dyskinesia, yeah, Um, which is a neurological disorder resulting in involuntary repetitive movements, or what I'm assuming we might refer to as like tics, like it was given her. Um, that's how medi- heavily medicated she was, is that her body wasn't operating Holy normally. cow. So, according to Wallace, uh, the journalist, the girls had a long-standing agreement that if one died, the other must begin to speak and live a normal life. So, eventually, A, bunch of drugs involved. B, they're stuck in this, um, this facility. facility. Thank you. Um, they start to, yes, I believe they kind of just start getting more weird. And, um, they were like, Jennifer, especially being who I believe was more medicated for whatever reason, um, was like, started to think that in order for one of them to live normal life, the other one had to die. Okay. So during their stay in the hospital, they began to believe it was necessary, which I just said, for one of them to die. And after much discussion, Jennifer this is okay so this is where it's gonna get weird jennifer agreed to make the sacrifice of her life however i'm kind of surprised by that because you said that she was the one that was more dominant Uh uh-huh well but again she's the one who i believe is getting more is more medicated and that's me speculating maybe it's because she has like a stronger personality so it's harder to sedate right keep her in line yes and there were some places that said they were like um medicating them simply just enough so where they could still like write and stuff and like do their weird but that was like it that's like all that they they wanted to make sure they could still write and be weird and that was about that was like everything else was just heavy medication so when she says she agrees to make the sacrifice of her life it's not quite what you think or what i thought anyways so in march 1993 the twins were transferred from broadmoor Finally, they were taken out of Broadmoor to the Open Cresswell Clinic or Caswell Clinic in 
Brid Bridgend? Yeah, Bridgend, which is in Wales. So on the bus to their new home, which is an open, like, come-and-go clinic, gotcha. um, Jennifer laid her head on June's shoulder and said, at last, we're out. Upon arrival to their new place, um, Jennifer was asleep and could not be awakened. Uh, she'd closed her eyes in the car, and they weren't able to get her to open her eyes again. Uh, she was taken to the hospital, where she died soon after of acute myocarditis. Cartitis. Man, I should have wrote that out for myself. Um, which is sudden inflammation of the heart. Just just sudden inflammation of the heart. Wow. There was no evidence of drugs in her system at that time um, or poison in her system. And uh, her actual cause of death still appears to be, quote, unknown. But. Wow. What? Right. So at the inquest, June revealed that Jennifer had been acting strangely for about a day before their release. Her speech had been slurring and, I'm sorry, had been acting stranger than usual. (laughs) Um, Her speech had been slurring and she had said she was, quote, preparing to die so that I could live. I don't freaking know. So (laughs) on their trip to Casewell, she had slept on June's lap, but with her eyes open. And that was like another note that she was like, and her eyes were open the whole time. Uh, So that's weird. Yes. And then during a visit a few days later, the reporter Wallace, um, or the journalist, uh, recounted that June was now, now June was in a strange mood. Well, duh. Uh, she said, I'm free at last liberated. And at last Jennifer has given up her life for me. So, um, okay. (laughs) Well, okay. Yeah, so, and though it sounds all strange, like, obviously, it's all weird, um, basically exactly what Jennifer wanted for her sister, and, like, in her last days, her saying, um, I need to die so that you can live a normal life. But then she actually dies. Like, that's where I'm like, what the hell? She actually dies. From, like, what sounds like natural causes, from what we know? Yeah, I'm not done, okay. Um, and Jennifer, well, because of that... Exactly what she wanted and kept saying happened. After Jennifer died by 2008, June was living quietly and independently near her parents in West Wales. She was no longer monitored by psychiatric services and has been accepted by her community and sought to put her past behind her. So she lives a total normal life now. She talks to people. She's been in interviews with people. Like, as soon as Jennifer died... In her brain, she was liberated. So the real reason I decided, I was like, you know what? This case is worthy of mentioning was, as I mentioned, in the 2016 interview with the twins' sister, Greta, she revealed that the family had been deeply troubled by the girls' incarceration. She was like, we don't know why they were incarcerated this entire time. And she blamed Broadmoor for ruining their lives um, for neglect of Jennifer's health, obviously, Mm -hmm. and that they were so heavily medicated that that's probably why she died and that she believes it was falsely reported that there was nothing in her system when she died. Um, She had wanted to file a lawsuit against Broadmoor, but Aubrey and Gloria refused, saying that it would not bring Jennifer back and that they shouldn't get involved in that big of a case with a hospital. So my own little note here at the end was that I do believe Jennifer died not because she decided she needed to, like, you know, their craziness. Yeah. um, But that she was dying and she probably knew it or felt it. She didn't feel like herself. Um, But I think that because the twins were weird and Jennifer was a little bit weirder of the two, that um, she was heavily medicated to try and keep her from... Either they were trying to just make her normal, I think, and I think that those drugs were likely the cause of her death um, and that her medical needs had not 
had her medical needs not been neglected, that she probably would have lived because her sister did. Totally fine. That's insane. And I totally agree with you. Like, I think that she definitely, like, from the sounds of it, like, she, it was obvious that she was heavily medicated. And even if she had been released, they would probably continuously heavily medicate her until she was leaving mm-hmm. and she would have had drugs in her system no matter what. That was my thought. I'm like, oh, there was no drugs in her system, but they were clearly always heavily medicated. Mm. Yeah. So when they said there was no drugs, there was no poison, there was no blah, blah, I'm like, mm-hmm. which is something that unfortunately we we know. They can just report that and that's, that's the yeah, fact. Yeah, it's like the end of it. Nobody's... Some people will ask questions, but probably not enough in this situation. Yeah, where it was ever brought to anyone's attention. And the that's fact, crazy. Yeah, and the fact that her sister is later um, interviewed and like says those things, I'm like, okay, good. It wasn't just me, and I didn't even know the full story. You know, her sister knows way more. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. Dude, I'm gonna talk to June. Yeah, me too. But anyway, there's books if you want to read about the dead dog that's now a person or whatever. Uh... <laughs> Hard pass? Well, I mean, I read enough about crime. I don't know if I need to... <laughs> don't need to explore that world. <laughs> right? Um, when I'm not doing this, I'm also watching happy shows like oh. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Same, things same. that make me laugh. Yeah, same. same. Um, because I can't be depressed it's all the time. heavy. <laughs> or paranoid. So. Yeah. I, I'm here with you on that. Um, but here's another story to keep you paranoid. You're welcome. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Be happy you don't have a twin. Be happy that I'm not in a mental facility getting overly drugged. Dude, me too. <laughs> so anyways, that was the craziest twin story. It wasn't even the craziest twin story, but it was one of them. That was, was an intense yeah, twin it story. For it sure. felt worth mentioning. So what are you doing this week? Okay. So, <laughs> she looks real excited. I'm like, mine is kind of just, it's weirdly wild. Um, apparently, mm. we went with a weird theme mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. week, and I kind of appreciate it. I feel like there's not a ton of stories that we talk about, and we're like, this is super normal. Hold on tight. But <laughs> just wait. We both All went. the serial killers. <laughs> super yeah. normal. Super okay. normal. So, today, I'm going to be talking about Walburga Ace Strike. Come again? Walburga Ace Strike. Ace so her well, name, Berga? it looks like ostrich. Oh. It, so it's real weird that this is how it's pronounced, but this is how it's pronounced. I don't like it. <laughs> but she is also known, she goes by Dolly. Good honor. So <laughs> Cause... probably because her name was Wellberga. Well, yeah. <laughs> so name. Dolly is the name I will be using from you here on out. You can't really go by well. Well. Wellberga. Berga. Ostrich or whatever her last name is. Yikes. So that's who I'm talking about this okay. week. She was born in 1880 in Germany and immigrated over to Wisconsin. She ended up on a farm in Wisconsin and around the age of 14 she met Freyd. Freyd? Freyd. His name is Fred. Oh, gotcha. I was like, was he from Germany too? <laughs> <laughs> he actually is, but oh. Um, oh. his name is Fred A-Strike, so that's why that's her last name. Oh, oh, I see where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> they got married a few years later, and Fred ended up opening an apron factory. Oh, he looks like he would own a not an apron factory. <laughs> yeah, so what does he look like? He looks so frightening. I looked at that picture and I was like, oh, he's in the mob. Oh, yeah. He looks like he's in the mob, but in, when this picture was... Taken, painted, whatever, obviously it's taken. He looks like he's, like, heavily medicated. Yeah, because <laughs> this eyes is, are like, like, around 1910, oh, yeah. 1915, around there. Yeah. He's a, he's a bald dude with a hat who definitely does look like he's into some uh, 
Illegal activity. Amen, sister. He's not. Oh, so that's where we're at. <laughs> so Fred was known to be very strong-willed and a bit of an alcoholic. Oh, that's why the, why the eyes are all wobbly. <laughs> so he was known to kind of run the factory with an iron fist and consistently would tell the workers, you need to go faster, you need to work harder. And Dolly would tend to kind of walk behind him, be more nurturing, being like, you're doing okay. Sorry about him. Sorry yeah, about him. sorry. Whatever. He's... Just in a mood today, you know? Like always, sorry. Um, uh, so she was just more empathetic. But something to note is she also was known to have a very strong sex drive. Okay. I mean, I'm not mad at her. No, no. <laughs> um, so if you want to take a look at her picture and tell I me do. what you think about that. I feel like it would be hard to have a very... Um, sex drive would be weird in that dress is all I'm saying. She's very covered. Yeah, she's very covered. It's very, but she's, she's very covered in pearls. She's very covered in what is either a mink or chinchilla. I'm undecided. It might be a fox. Either way, expensive. There's a dead animal on her shoulders. She's rich. (laughs) She's got that money. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. She's got a cute hat. She does, she looks like she's got a sweet face. I don't, nothing about her, but yes, if the, if the wobbly-eyed dude was mad at me at work and then she followed it up, I'd be like, okay, things are fine. (laughs) (laughs) I will be okay. Yeah. So one day, a sewing machine at the factory broke down and they sent over a 17-year-old Otto Sanhuber. So he came over to fix it. After Dolly saw Otto, she claimed that her sewing machine at home just happened to break. Oh, right, right. And she asked Fred if he could send Otto over, in particular, out of all of the sewing machine experts, Mm -hmm. to come and fix her machine. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how that conversation went down, and I wonder how Fred took it. I mean, well, he sent Otto. Oh, so Otto he sent. Okay. <laughs> so when Otto arrived at the A-Strike house, she or he was greeted by Dolly, who was dressed in a silk robe and stockings. Uh-oh. Okay, let me go back to her, how she looks, so that anyone that doesn't look her up, she is not necessarily the first thing I would want to see in a silk robe. Specifically because of what her boobs might be right above her belly button. Maybe. I know. <laughs> but anyways, there's an image for you. Do with it what you will. Some people, that's fine. We I'm... will show you a picture. Oh, yeah. We are going to get a picture of her. and um... Not in a silk robe and stockings. No, no, no. No, no, no. But you know what? Get it, girl. Get yours. Except for your married girl. Oh, wait, shoot. Ah, don't get yours. <laughs> but put your stuff where you want to put it. Dress in what you want. Don't put it on Otto. <laughs> so, she took Otto to her bedroom where she kept her sewing machine. Right. She watched him work um, on the sewing machine while she just continued to open her robe more and more. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I started feeling like I was describing a porto. So, I was like, fast forward. They they had they hooked oh, up. Oh, they did. They I was gonna sex. I was gonna say how did it did he how did he respond to that? But obviously he there was, was like, some writings about how he responded. And I was like, I this is like this is not like a rated XXX. This is rated R maybe, but like I can't go into that detail. Too much detail. Also, um, it seems like I don't need that detail. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to know. I know. I know too many things. Anyways, so they continued their affair. Um, So he would continue to, like, visit her very... Okay, so first it started, they would go to, like, hotels more. He was, like, at a boarding house, so she would go to visit him in his boarding room. But he started to come over to their 
Fred in Dolly's house more and more while he was at work. Okay, so they're having rendezvous, but then when Fred's at work, he's, like, popping in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, this is when the neighbors started to notice. When it was mentioned to Dolly, she would just respond, and she was like, oh, that's my vagabond half-brother. Oh, I thought she was going to be like, my sewing machine keeps breaking. I sew so much. <laughs> so I sew so much and it breaks and he comes over and saves the day every time. Exactly. So she just said, that's my brother who's basically a hobo. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Exactly. So even though she claimed Otto was her brother, neighbors continued to talk and they brought it up to Fred. Okay. Well, duh. To the husband. I mean, yeah. like, of course that's going to They're like, happen. hey, so your wife, the 17-year-old guy, he's just hanging out at your house <laughs> a lot when you're not They're there. They're probably like... Yo, your wife's sleeping with her vagabond brother. (laughs) (laughs) Incest. Yay. Um, So when Fred confronted Dolly, she claimed that it was just a book salesman and that he was basically pestering her. Oh, right. He's obsessed with me. But he was like, I told him he needs to stop. And so he stopped. So Fred believed her. Okay. So wanting to continue the relationship with Otto, she decided to come up with a plan. Uh Uh-oh. Do you want to know what this plan is? I mean, tell me. Yes, either way. That Otto would move into her attic. Oh, no. (gasps) I think there's a chance I'm familiar with this. Right upstairs. Just in their house. Or you could have just thought about on New Girl, where that (laughs) guy was living in their attic, and he would just jump down and eat their food. So I know I've said it. Uh, that I have a list of irrational fears. One of them is absolutely someone living in my house. Because <laughs> it happens more than you realize. Honestly, I feel like that would be a fear of mine. Yes. I'm, I'm just paranoid someone's in my house. Let alone I'm, somebody I'm, living in my house. But I walk around all parts of my house all the time. And I'm like, I'll find you. Oh, yeah. Except for that hole up oh. there. I never look in that hole. Oh, here we are looking at a hole in our ceiling that someone might oh, live in. Oh, God. Now, okay. why are we having this conversation right here, right now? Hello? You want a jacket for me? I do not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, I just needed to throw it out there. That's, it, like, I heard a story that it recently happened, like, so, in an apartment. Some guy was, it was just too much. People got the idea from him. Yeah. And then they got the idea from New Girl. So, <laughs> that's New where Girl. we're at. Not okay. okay. So, going on. <laughs> so, Otto moved into their house, living in the attic, unbeknown to Fred. Um, he quit his job. And he only had contact with Dolly. Oh, he must have loved her so much. So much. (laughs) But he was, so something to be said about him when he was younger. He was an orphan, very like in and out of houses. Mm -hmm. Um, He, it sounds like he didn't have a good support system at all. Mm -hmm. And then he was also just kind of like not the biggest hit with the ladies. So I think this older lady was like, Giving him a lot of attention, a lot of money. um, Desperate housewives. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I'm just thinking of, like something more relevant. The landscaper relevant. cutting, yeah. cutting yeah. her hedges with his pants off. That's what I'm thinking <laughs> yes. of right now. Right. Um, right. And she's like, hey, you want to move my basement? <laughs> yeah. Probably she was like, I'll feed you. You'll always have a place to stay. You will not see the sunlight, but this is going to work. But also, you get me as much as I, you can have me kind of thing. Right. Not she like all the time. Like a golden because... vagina. Because... Just fucking wait, okay? Just <laughs> okay. wait. Oh, no. Um, so he had a cot, an oil lamp, books, and a makeshift restroom. Oh, no. So Otto was happy to be in this weird situation because he aspired to be a writer. So now he just had all the time to write. He could just sit next to his poop bucket and write lots of stories. Just all the stories. What a glorious life. So Dolly set him up with a little home away from home and padlocked the door, though. Right. From the outside. Uh-huh. Obviously. So he's just... A literal prisoner. 
He is. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay. And she kept the key on her at all times. When Fred asked her about the padlock on the attic door, she was like, I just need somewhere for my furs to be safe. Yeah, and you cannot go in there, you greasy hens. <laughs> yeah, greasy man. Mm-hmm. Get away from my furs <laughs> that you probably bought me. Yeah, I was about to say that he afforded her. <laughs> right? So uh, she had to work most days, so Otto was alone a lot. Um, but she would fake sick all the time. Right. And she's I was like, I just she don't feel good. <laughs> hey, Otto, what you doing? <laughs> Upstairs in my locked up attic. With my poop bucket. (laughs) God damn it, Ronica. I'm sorry, those were the details I remember. (laughs) Okay, so Otto's room was located right above Dolly and Fred's room, which caused some drama when Fred and Dolly would have sex. Yeah, he's probably like, hey, I'm up here locked up listening to you boink while I'm... (laughs) Your husband. Yes. So Dolly informed Otto that she could not... She had to keep the ruse up with Fred because she wouldn't be able to financially support them without him. Right. I, that I, was a question I initially was going to ask. Why on earth didn't she just, if she clearly has a job, just leave? Well, her she husband? worked at the apron factory. Oh, <laughs> so yep. she'd lose her job and her, yep. and all of those first. And all of the monies. And I looked at some of their houses, like there were some addresses of houses, and they're nice houses. Oh, they had multiple. Well, no, like they moved. Oh, which right, right, will right, right. be. Mama. We'll keep going. Yeah. So Otto continued to write and actually had a few of his stories published. So he would literally like write it on paper and then she would type it up on her typewriter, mail it into a bunch of places, and then they had like a P.O. box. They had so much time back in the day. Oh my God. Could you imagine if you had the time to type up someone else's story? No, I don't have enough time to type up this. No, no. how are Anything we here for right else. now? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, same. I'm literally like meme of that thing sitting in fire and I'm like I'm fine it's fine we're fine where's my wine for real though I need me a dolly to write up all my stuff Travis we're fine it's watch fine out. everything's fine so around a year into this into oh him living upstairs with his poop bucket with his poop bucket and his cot okay and his oil lamp Oh my gosh. Fred grew suspicious because he kept hearing little things. Once he heard a man that he thought was clearing his throat. Another time just sounds like around the house, just creaking and things along those lines. His food would go missing. She would unlock that, but she would unlock the attic when Dolly and Fred would go out on dates and go out for the night. Mm -hmm. And he would just like go downstairs and feast on all their food. Uh, Yeah. So A, he's probably like, dude, all of our food's gone. And Every time they're about to leave, she probably had to go up to the attic. Well, maybe she was like, oh, yeah, no, she did like a quick knock. She did a ding, ding, bye. Yep. Oh, man. But, and then he'd be like, oh, I can come out now because she'd unlock it. Yeah, but where the heck was Fred? Well, this is like when she's going up and knocking and unlocking. You know, he's like, I mean, when you're getting ready, like if Travis was like, yeah, knock, 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 I would know, <laughs> I would for sure notice, maybe. Yeah. I listen to music when I'm getting ready, so I'd be like, meh. Yeah, Alex, what are you doing? This this is when they didn't have music to listen to, so I just feel like it was quiet all the time, and you could hear that every time you left the house, your wife went up and knocked on a door. Seems suspicious. I'd be like, I ran into the door again, my bad. But I guess if she's telling him that's where she keeps her furs, she's like, gotta go get a fur. Knock, 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 bye. Okay, let's go. (laughs) That's true. Where's your fur? Oh, I changed my mind. Oh, no fur tonight. No fur tonight. So any time that Fred would actually question Dolly about like, the noises, the things that he heard, she would just be like, you're drunk, or you drank too much, because oh, yeah. he, he had the higher... I'd have been like, ghosts. 
It's ghosts. For sure it's ghosts. So many ghosts. Get it. Let's get this house exercised. Stat. But only <laughs> so, downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody can go in the attic. Those yeah. are my furs. Definitely no ghosts Get that smoke away from my fur. <laughs> um, so then one day, Fred was outside and looked at the attic window. And guess who he saw? A ghost. <laughs> Otto. So he stormed in the house and he's like, I knew somebody was upstairs. I'm going to go check it out. And Dolly's she like, home? oh, no, 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 Nobody's upstairs. It's fine. He's She's like, like, no. standing with her body in the doorway yeah. like, no, no, it's fine. Look at these. And he's <laughs> looking at my boobies. <laughs> yeah. So then he was like, no, I'm going upstairs. She's like, just let me go check it out. I'm sure it's fine. I'm the man of the house. I'll do this. So Dolly insisted and she went upstairs. When she returned from the attic, she went to Fred and she was like, nobody was upstairs. I don't know what you're talking about. I really kind of think you're losing it, and I really think you should go see a doctor. <laughs> so, I kind of like where she's. I like. I cut like. I like. I kind of like her. <laughs> you're like mixed emotions, but like leaning towards the good side. Yeah, yeah. I'm leaning towards like I support her. <laughs> I don't. Well, want let's to. just continue. <laughs> Travis, check your attic. Or don't. Shh, that's where I keep my minks. Shush. It's my fluff stuff is up there. Don't. Fluff club <laughs> stuff. Please don't mind Don't it. go up there, Travis. Stay out of there. Get out of here. Yeah. Anyways. Also, my boyfriend's up there. <laughs> sorry. But Above my sorry. washer and dryer. That's where my attic entry is. Hey, that's easy for him to propel down. Oh, yeah. You're right. <laughs> don't give my secrets away. Okay. This started with I'm afraid of it. Now I've got a boyfriend living up there. It's okay. Mine's listening to us right now. So yeah. Oh, here we are. <laughs> What's up? Oh, I hate it. Okay. So in 1915, about three years after their third roommate moved in, oh. Dolly and Fred decided to move to LA. Okay. They live in freaking Wisconsin right now. Okay. So Dolly didn't really want to move, but she was like, you know what? Gee, I wonder why she didn't really want to oh, move. Just listen. She's like, under one circumstance, we find a house in LA with a big attic. Because I need to put all my fluff stuff <laughs> upstairs. Exactly. So Dolly, does this not alert him at this point? Dude, I have no idea. Because like, I like, keep hearing things in our um, attic, and you want a big one, and you also keep a padlock on it, and I'm not allowed to go in there. I just, I love. How I don't ever convinced she. She's so convincing, and what I'm apparently, I'm here for it. That's and all I know. literally, like I said, just wait. So Dolly sent Otto over there, or over to LA, before Dolly and Fred were moving, so he could get set up in his attic without Fred knowing. Right, right. So in the new house, Otto was not located right above them, so it was easier for him to hide. He didn't have to hear them having intercourse, things like that. He could be happier with his life. What a commitment he made. This is three years down, dude. He loves her so much. So much. So Fred continued to drink, and Dolly and Otto continued their intense relationship. Like, I don't even know what other word to use. It was just an intense relationship. Absolutely it was, because she literally has a, a, side, a side piece that is hidden away from the world. Literally away from the whole entire world. That is world. next level. And it is just all her. Yes. So in 1918, about five years into this... Oh my gosh. They decided to move again. Okay. So... They ended up moving. They ended up whatever. They're continuing their thing. This is five years in. Fred and Dolly one night went out and they got into a fight outside of a party. And Fred took off leaving Dolly behind. When he got home, he found Otto eating his food in his kitchen. Oh, dear. 
when Fred found him, he was like, dude, what the hell are you doing in my house? Hi, who are you? And Otto's like, I'm just hungry. And he was like, are you the one that's been eating all my food? And he was like, uh, yeah. And Fred just literally threw him out of the house thinking it was a random guy that like broke into their Which house Which is like more plausible. So that's actually... A, I guess it's true. Like, it would be my mindset too. Like, stop breaking into my house and eating my food. <laughs> like, I know I got good food, dude, yeah. but chill. I know about you now. Now stop it. I'm going to tell all the neighbors. <laughs> like, <laughs> that that would be also my first thought too. Anybody else missing food? Because I know the guy and I know what he looks like. <laughs> and he keeps just breaking into only my kitchen for some reason. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, I know. So, um, not soon after he was kicked out on the street, he was snuck back into the attic. Because it's his house. <laughs> because he lives there. It's five years deep into this. So, on August 22nd, 1922, ten years oh my into this he relationship. does have a golden vagina. <laughs> ten years. Dolly and Fred got in a huge fight. Otto could hear them, um fighting obviously because he was upstairs right and he, he was like heard, that's my woman exactly <laughs> so be my lady yeah. um and then he heard dolly scream and then a big thud and he thought fred was beating her yeah so otto at the time um went and got a couple of fred's guns and then snuck out of his little attic oh, no. it's like a crawl space kind so of so is the guns do they keep the guns in the attic no, no I think they kept him, like, in their bedroom, okay, but he so was he able to get to them. Got, okay, okay. Yeah, so when friend, Fred saw Otto... Yep, right. He was like, it's that guy that keeps breaking in and eating my food! Yeah, he's like, oh my god, I knew who the fuck you are. You're the and food Fred, snatcher. Yeah, Fred... No, obviously, at this point, <laughs> there was no food snatching. Oh, he's good. Like, there oh, was, fucking, like, a revelation. This oh. dude lives in my house. Oh, good, He's good. like, this guy is just everywhere. And so Fred darted toward him and tackled him. And then the guns went off. So the guns, like, in a struggle, the guns went off. But then Otto shot him three times and okay. killed him. Okay. Okay. This is sad. But also, this is cray-cray. <laughs> Crazy. So... I didn't think that, that Otto was going to be the killer in this. Didn't anticipate that. Just... Here we are. Wait. So, with Fred laying dead on the floor, Otto came up with a plan that they would stage a burglary. He locked Dolly in the closet. Uh-huh. He stole Fred's diamond watch. And then Otto recluse just back to the attic. The cops came fairly quickly after... I don't know why you would go back to the attic. Go grab your poop bucket and peace out. And then when they come, also maybe like alert the police or something. I don't know. Don't go back to your attic. Yeah, Just go anywhere. Literally the backyard. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, off the premises, Destiny. You You said backyard. Yeah, I did. Literally. I mean, the backyard, so like you can hear them and like, okay, now it's time to go over the fence. (laughs) Now it's time to jump a fence. Yeah. Okay. Um, Go be a bum, posing as a bum anywhere. Anywhere with your poop bucket and you're fine. But he went back to So he went back to the attic. Um, The cops came fairly quickly after the neighbors heard the gunshots, and they obviously called the police. And then when they showed up, Dolly's, like, screaming, like, No, help me! I've been locked in a closet. Oh my god, Fred, where are you? Wait, wait, wait. Did he take the watch off of him and then just take it to the attic with him? So, detectives were suspicious of Dolly's actions in response to the burglary, um, and just, like, how she was acting when her husband she was, was probably just like, killed. hand on her forehead. Well, it was me. Oh, my God. Oh, he's finally, I mean, he's dead. Oh. <laughs> I've gone through the hardest time. Yes. Sorry. So, oh, that's my boob that's falling out because we all know that's how she is. Also, I like <laughs> you in your uniform. <laughs> yeah. um, but they were like, 
okay, if she killed her husband, how would she have locked herself in the closet? They're like, this isn't, this isn't happening. Yeah. So. They probably were like, someone else was involved, obviously. Yeah, they were, they're like, it was obviously a burglary because who would lock themselves in a closet at this point? Right. Everybody. Did they search the house? No. So her story was that her and Fred came home and people were robbing the house. She was forced into the closet and a fight between Fred and the burglar happened. And there wasn't really any way to prove that this wasn't true, even though, Mm -hmm. like, some people were very suspicious about it. They were like, yo, we've seen a vagabond. (laughs) Brother. Yes. (laughs) There's that. But no, because that wasn't in Wisconsin. Yeah, but this is ten years deep. Someone's seen him. No, he was living straight in the attic at this point. Like, oh, he, he wasn't even leaving at all. No, he doesn't leave the house. Oh. Secluded. Ah, oh, it's so weird. Yes. So, Dolly went in on to live her life. She bought a new home with an attic. Okay. Um. So, she was busy dealing with Fred's estate. Wait, did she keep him in the attic still? Yes. He still stayed in the attic at her new place? Yes. Even though her husband's dead? Yes. She keeps him in the attic. I swear to God, that's not a lie. Like, <laughs> uh, you still haven't earned the right to sleep in my bedroom, but I'll see you upstairs later. We are totally dating now, but back up the attic, you go. Like, Watch well, yourself. Also, I'm a single woman now. That should have been... Oh, no. He really was a prisoner. So, um, she was dealing with Fred's estate, and she hired attorney Herman Shapiro. And after a short amount of time, they begin dating. Oh, no. And during that time, she gave him a box and said, end quote, here, I want you to have this. It belonged to my dear Fred. Can you guess what she gave him? A box? The a gold watch, watch. that was stolen yes. from his body. Oh, I did almost say a, a, like a mink thing. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. No, that's for a woman. <laughs> She's like, this might look nice on you. And he's She's like, like, here's a Thanks. story. I wrote it myself. But it's actually her. <laughs> it's Otto's. Oh, poor Otto. Now I'm sad for Otto. Okay. Just been a... He also kind of killed someone, but... There's I still a, feel I mean, there's a lot of... I know. Yeah. I know. I know. You're going to feel worse for him. Oh, but no. But we'll keep going. So she was dating the Shapiro guy, but then she was also started dating this Roy Klum guy, um, who was like a businessman, oh, wannabe actor. Oh, was getting it. Yeah. So when she asked him, so with Roy, she was like, hey, so I have this gun and it just happens to be like very similar to the one my husband was killed with. I had nothing to do with it, um, but like I'm scared that the police are going to pin it on me. Can you get rid of it? Oh no. Did he not? So this fucking guy is like, oh yeah, yeah, I got you. And he threw it into La Briere tar pits, which who gives tar pits? That, it's like a tar pit. Uh, right, literally. a pit of tar. And they're like, La Briere. And I'm like... <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it sounds mesh like well. a really good cafe. I'm gonna... Uh, I, I would stop La by La Briere. tar pits. Yeah. <laughs> you lost me at tar pits, but <laughs> I would stop by La Briere all the time. Right? I'd be like, where are you at? La Briere. Find me at La Briere. But Not then you'd be pits, like, though. tar pits, and I'd be like... Excuse Disregard that. that part. It's a great place. <laughs> it's very do they, nice. Do they just have giant pits of tar somewhere in oh, the world? Okay. Is yeah, it? in L.A. apparently. Ugh. So they he threw it in there. So she also gave the same sob story to a neighbor because there was two guns involved, oh. and he buried the other one. Right. He had two guns. And I'm like, okay, so you have all of these guys, and I'm sure she was sleeping with the neighbor because that's an I assumption, mean, but I think it happened. I keep looking at the picture of her. Her, she had a golden vagina. She had to have. I mean, or I am looking at this over a hundred years later. So 
perhaps this is what they just this is this is what dreams were made of back then. Yeah, this was our uh, Kim Kardashian of the day. Oh no, I couldn't think of anyone else to compare her with. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Well, but... We could go down a rabbit hole with that one, but yeah. <laughs> but she's wearing one, so we don't need to. Oh, Yikes. so this lady. Everything was going fine and dandy for good old Dolly until she broke things off with Roy. And that is when he went to the police and told them about how he disposed of the gun. The detectives found out about the bracelet Dolly had gave to Shapiro. And when this information hit the papers, the neighbor also dug up the gun and gave that to the police. First of all, all of the neighbors she's ever had have titled on her. Second of all, she shouldn't have asked a fuckboy to be the one to hide a gun. She should have been like... I don't understand why you wouldn't do it yourself. Uh, that was my next step. Like, yes, let me like, involve all of these people into the Maybe in her murder. brain she was like, if I make a guy go do it, it'll look like maybe his fingerprints were on it. He's the killer. Maybe, so. Did they even do fingerprints back then? I have no idea. I Somebody yes. Yes, they us. totally did. They totally did. No, someone tell us. Please We tell should us. know this. <laughs> no, we shouldn't. We don't. Tell us. I mean, yeah. We've got questions. We have questions. Yeah. Can you- so while she was in jail, Dolly informed Herman that Otto was living in her attic. Herman is the lawyer, right? Yeah, like her boyfriend that she oh, gave boyfriend the watch lawyer. to. Okay, okay. Um, and she was like, can you please just go get him food? Just knock on the ceiling so he knows it's okay to come out. Oh, right, because she's in jail. So there's like a three knock and then... Like, I can, I don't know how long she was in jail, so I don't know how long he was out there, like. You know her boyfriend was like, what the fuck? Was he, though? So, Otto came out, and he, obviously, had only had a relationship with Dolly for 10 years. Right. He hadn't talked to anybody else. I mean, he was a writer, things like that, but he literally just unloaded on Herman. Told him everything about the murder, about how he's been living in her attic for 10 years. Oh, my gosh. So Herman told Otto that he needed to leave because he could get Dolly in trouble and basically like, she's my girl now. You need to get the hell out. You got to go, homie. And me, I'm like, she's still your girl? Uh, yeah. She's I been harboring about a boyfriend that. in her attic and she killed her husband. And I'm telling you, golden vagina. I've never said those words together so many times in my life. <laughs> But honestly, <laughs> but positive Otto left at this point. Oh, good for him. So he went bye bye. Okay. And he actually went up to Canada. He met a woman. Um, he oh, that would have been a weird relationship initially. She was probably like, he's so reclusive. He, <laughs> he really likes to spend away. time in the attic. <laughs> and he I often don't goes away and just sits by a bucket. It's very strange. <laughs> this is very odd, but I love him. Or he was probably like so doting. Which it was like the best relationship she had ever right? been in. <laughs> and then, I mean, you never know. So her, her name was um, Matilda. And she was pro- he probably was like, you want me to do the dishes for you? I haven't done dishes in 10 years. I'll do it. <laughs> well, so he would... Uh, we'll get to that. Okay. So he changed his name to Walter Klein and he married a woman. Okay. And then, to top all of this off, the guns that both of... That had both been the, brought to the police. And La Breta Tar Pit. Exactly. And then the neighbor's backyard. Um, they were too rusted to determine if those were, in fact, the guns that killed Fred. And the charges against Dolly were dropped. Oh, my gosh. With Dolly being newly released, Herman moved in with her. And they ended up dating for about seven years. Oh, 
Her life is fine. <laughs> her life and is- she, it was known that she had like affairs during this point. She even went through like Ugh. a lawsuit where the wife like ch- got mad and was like, this basically sleeping with my husband yeah, probably. something. And it's like, I don't know. Oh. So she got mad. She tried to sue her. Dolly was all, why is she trying to sue me? Because you're sleeping with her husband. She just had a wild sex drive and couldn't contain herself. And needed to just be single. (laughs) And just be a hoe. Yeah. Oh, you're single? I don't consider it a hoe. You're just out there living your single life. That's true. It's not a hoe. Yeah. Uh, That was the wrong word. But (laughs) go do your thing. Go have a good time. You you can do it. You're single. Like, nobody cares. Stop bringing men into it. Yes. I stopped being like... So I'm dating you and I'm dating you, but I'm married to him. And then I have this addict lover. And so we're all just going to try to have this great relationship. Let's not relationship. talk about it. Let's just let it happen. So she dated Herman for about seven years. And when the relationship ended... She put him in the attic. Part of it was because he was... Um, they got in a fight over money. But oh. then he was upset about the affairs that she was having. What do you expect? When their relationship ended, he went straight to the police. And he told them everything that he knew. Because Otto had unloaded everything oh, on him. Oh, yeah. Cause that's, that was my question. Like, oh, we broke up now. But she didn't know that that Otto... Well... I don't think she did. She, I think at this point, quite honestly, life is working out for her. I think she just got cocky. It yeah. was like, these dudes. Yeah. So, so after seven years of dating her... Seven years. How could you say with somebody like that? I don't know. But he went straight to the police. He went to the police now at this point, too, probably because he's mad that they're not staying together. Exactly. I don't understand why they all want to keep her. Golden vagina. So at this point, she was arrested on conspiracy, and Otto, who had changed his name, married, everything like that, was arrested on murder. Okay. So Otto went on um, trial, and the media dubbed him the Batman. Because he was living in the attic and keeping his presence so secret for so long. I'm sad for Otto. I understand that he killed somebody. I shouldn't have sympathy for him. But I do. (laughs) I mean, and honestly, the way that it's been explained a lot, it was like partially, it sounded like kind of self-defense. Eh. I mean, I'm sure that maybe they both spun a different story later. But also, like, there's a big giant drunk man coming at you. You've got two guns for some reason. It doesn't sound like he knew what he was doing. So, yeah, I can kind of get behind it. But either way, I'm still sad. I'm sad for both. I'm more sad for Fred out of anybody. Ah. Not sad for Fred. Okay, I'm sad for Fred because he Fred died. got killed. Yes, and because I don't, he had really had no idea. Like his biggest sin was he was an alcoholic. Yeah, like he yeah. didn't do anything. It like it wasn't known that he beat her or anything like that. He, he just, just kind of grumpy man who yeah. also loved her golden V. Exactly. Poor man. guy yeah. fell for the wrong V for the so. cult, the wrongest V. But uh, like, I still don't hate her. Why? I don't know because I'm not a fan. So Otto pleaded guilty by reason of insanity and his defense lawyers talked about how he was manipulated by an older, more domineering woman, which I think was completely true. I think he was just... Absolutely. Yeah. So he talked about what a normal day was like while he lived in the attic. He said, this is a long quote, so get ready. I'm ready. (laughs) I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm I'm not. (laughs) Okay. So quote, I made up the beds because at this time the couples were sleeping in a different bedroom, and changed the linens about two times a week. They loved to sleep clean, and I made up the beds for them and put away their clothes. I dusted Fred's clothes because he had some beautiful things, 
and I would keep them in order for him and dust them and dust his shoes, you know? So he would look neat always. And then I would wash the dishes if he wasn't home. And if he was home, he would wash them. And that's when Miss A-Strike. Ostrich. Yeah. Um, would dry them because I couldn't then. And I would get the vegetables clean and they were clean. Everybody praised her for how clean her things were and scrubbed the floor and kept it clean and kept the floor neat, you know. She loved to have a beautiful floor and dusted it, you know. So much more now. <laughs> He's this, he seems like a sweet guy. He talked more about um, his time with her, saying he would stop eating when they would get in an argument because that was like his kind of power play. He'd be like, I'm not going to eat because you're being a shit human. Right. And then she would get fine, kind of like almost, it sounded like motherly, like, no, I'm here for you. Please mm. eat this. Or it's like, like just her manipulation. Oh, it's 100% manipulation. But I, she was kind of trying to come off more nurturing at that point. Right. Or suddenly something kicked in like, please don't die in my attic. Like, oh, yeah. True. Uh-huh. That too. She's like, I can hide a living body, but not a Mm-mm-mm. dead one. No, no. Um, so Otto ended up being found not guilty of murder, but guilty of manslaughter. But at that point, the statute of limitations had expired, and he was free to go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And in That's Dolly's insane. trial, she ended up with a hung jury and was free to go as well. Dude, she's the luckiest woman I've ever heard of. So she died in 1961 at the age of 75, right after she married her second husband. Oh, my God. And there's some notes that, like, her, the last place she lived in was, like, a little place over a garage. And they're like, oh, my God, she basically lived in Moved an right, attic. <laughs> Moved right back into her own. Just <laughs> so, uh, that was my case. Dude, that's crazy. <laughs> right? I told you. I, I like, think that's, like, my favorite one so far. Oh. <laughs> but that's a lot. I have a lot of sympathy for Otto. And also, halfway through this, the whole time Destiny is telling the story, um, I had only seen the two pictures. And I, like, scrolled further and found this dapper gentleman who's got, like, a little bit of a concerned look on his face, but also, like, he looks like he'd be a really, like, librarian is the only thing that comes to mind, or, like, someone... He also... Yeah, he looks like an author. That's what he looks like. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he looks like what he wanted to be. And that is Otto. That's Otto. Yeah, <laughs> this whole time I'm talking about him didn't say that there's Otto. And I still... I think he's my favorite character in all of it, because I think he was just... T- abused I think that it's possible yeah, he to was be just taken I think he was very hardly taken advantage of mm-hmm. and then manipulated into being this person and where it sounds like like it, I don't think that he really went into the with the intentions to kill Fred no the first time he met her he was what 17 he was 17 he was young he was very impressionable and she was like here's my boob <laughs> like hello come oh, at me god <laughs> Yeah. It's not a boob that I would probably have wanted Just to see. the way that you did that. Here's my boob. <laughs> I thought of like somebody, like a mom breastfeeding, and I was like, this is twisted, <laughs> it's sick, and I'm not happy right now. She took it in the opposite direction of, of what, what you I meant. was. Obviously, she couldn't, I could not, I couldn't convince you to get in my attic with, here's my boob. <laughs> you went to a mom breastfeeding. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I think of. It's like, here we are. <laughs> So, yeah, that happened. Anyways, ruined that case with that. (laughs) We apologize. Um, That was insane, but I think it's my favorite one you've done so far. Thanks. So, no, I read it and I was like, ten, fuck you, ten years. Ten years. Ten, dude, ten years. Also, the entire time, whenever you say, like, when you're like, and three years later, or one year later, or whatever, I kept thinking of those memes that are like, 
ladies. SpongeBob? <laughs> oh. <laughs> that are like ladies that are adults. It's very obviously in like a woman's voice, tone of voice or point of view saying these people have, um, or have, can find relationships and I'm over here still single. <laughs> and all I can think of is this person has a man living in her attic for 10 years and I'm over here still single. <laughs> <laughs> So we just made a new meme. Yeah. So sorry, Otto. But hey, now you're a meme. Oh, I I see some future memes for our Instagram. <laughs> Tune in next week for Otto as a meme. Oh, no. Yeah, well, I guess. So that was, yeah, that was mine. That was that. It was Woo! twisty. Yeah, I thought mine was crazy. I was, uh, comparatively speaking, I was wrong. <laughs> they were both real weird, though. They're weird. But either way, if you're still here... <laughs> Thanks for hanging in this entire time. Um, we hope that, A, you continue to hang in and that you um, do a few things for us. <laughs> if you could, A, when you get done listening to this, wherever it is that you're listening to this, if you could go and rate and review, even if you don't feel like leaving a comment, that's fine. Give us five stars wherever you listen to us, please. <laughs> five stars helps us, and if you like us, we need your help. If you like us, give us six. Yeah, that's not possible, I don't think, but... Send me a... Do a five star and then send us a star on Instagram. Yeah, send us. Also, <laughs> message us. too much. Yeah, that seems, it seems very weird to ask them to leave us five stars and then go to Instagram and then just send us just a star. Just blow us up everywhere. I can't wait though. Someone, someone that's listening is going to send us a star and be like, what the heck is this? Um, that's a challenge <laughs> for all of you. You now have a job to do. So if you could go leave us a five star rating and then send us a star on Instagram... <laughs> However you, because destiny requested it, that'd be great. At this point, we're just asking for weird stuff because thank you. I just want somebody to be like, challenge accepted. <laughs> if you're new here, however, and have not already followed us on Instagram, we are Crime Wives Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, also Facebook. If you have any sort of suggestions um, of stories that you'd like, you can message us on any of those platforms or you can email us at crimewivespodcast at gmail.com. And um, that's that's just our, we just, we just need some interaction with people because we are starting to get fans and we just want to hear from you guys. Yeah. And we absolutely love it. It just, it, like we've said before, it gets us super excited. Yes. We'll message each other and be like, did you see that? Yeah. Like, yeah, I saw it. Yes, we saw it. Especially on days that we launch a new episode and we start getting messages. I'm like, oh, that's what I live for. <laughs> right? You're like, oh, I got it. I got it. Yeah. So do those things. Make us happy. If I mean, if for nothing else, literally, to make us happy. Right. <laughs> so, besides, we already said last episode, you're our friends now. So now you just have to, you have to do what we ask you to do. You have to help us right? make... You do things for your friends, don't you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like give them a five-star review and then send them a message of a star on Instagram. <laughs> I feel like it's not asking it's a lot. Super normal thing to do. Yeah. So if you could, that'd be great. Um, and on that note... Thanks for listening, guys. Crime Wives out!